Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast, our first episode in 2021. I'm Matthew Atkins alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle. We are back after we took a little bit of a holiday hiatus there. We hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And now we are back and ready to talk about some baseball again. Trey, how are you doing today? How was your Christmas and New Year this year? It was pretty good. You know, uh, everyone deserves an off season, including us here at Foul Ball Area. I had a pretty good holiday season, but not as good as my partner in crime here. Uh, Matthew, big life achievement since we last up. Uh, somehow you convinced Mariah to marry you, which uh, I don't know how she did it. How she said yes, but uh, congratulations and uh, Mazel Tov, my friend. Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I uh, proposed on Christmas Eve, and so then we got to spend Christmas Day celebrating with all of our family. It was like a like a little engagement party on Christmas Day. So I think it was good planning on my part to to do the proposal then at at Christmas, so that we got that that time with family to celebrate everything. Uh, and then yeah, we've just been celebrating being engaged for the past week and a half now it's been it's been a good time well congratulations happy for both you guys uh glad to see you uh you finally settling down so um, finally finally settling down at 23 years old (laughs) i know it's about time uh she she does think though that now that we are engaged she should be able to make her first appearance on the podcast oh absolutely Absolutely. she's been asking for a while and uh i don't know why i just haven't let her so now that everything is official she thinks that she should be able to make an appearance on the podcast so we might have to let that happen sometime maybe that's why she said yes so just so she could get her podcast (laughs) that's the reason yeah that's the reason she said yes i'm just kidding you're a great guy matthew thank you thank you trey uh so yeah christmas was good new year's was you know can't have big New Year's parties or anything with, with the pandemic still going on, but we just hung out in our apartment, uh, watched a movie, had a couple of drinks. Then we were going to have some champagne at midnight, but you know it was 2020, and so at 11.55, I went to go wash our wine glasses, and one of them broke in my hand and cut my hand pretty bad, so no champagne for us at midnight. Sent 2020 out in a perfect 2020 way, cutting my hand. You okay? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I say bad. It's not really that bad, but bad enough that we needed to focus on that and get it cleaned up. We couldn't have champagne at the moment, but all good now. That's pretty good. New Year's, I uh, well, I spent Christmas with my family and my girlfriend, so that was fun. And obviously, New Year's, uh, last time I was in Kansas, and so uh, moving back to Virginia was uh, – with my family, but uh, it's been a good time here, you know, living in Lynchburg and uh, being able to spend this time with my family, you know, not my entire family, like, you know, typical uh, little close net due to restrictions, but still a great time. And uh, only person I didn't get to see was uh, Matthew because uh, he was planning an engagement and uh, was a little busy. 
<laughs> yeah, just a little busy. <laughs> well, on that topic of New Year's, let's stick on that and talk about some New Year's resolutions for some of the teams around Major League Baseball. The offseason hasn't been too active so far. There were a couple of big moves last week, and we'll get to those later in today's episode. But let's talk about some New Year's resolutions. Some teams that have made a few moves that need to add more, some teams that haven't made any moves that need to do something this offseason, or it doesn't even have to be offseason moves. It could just be anything that this team needs to get done in 2021. So starting off with some New Year's resolutions, my first one is for my favorite team, the Atlanta Braves. They need to re-sign Marcelo Zuna. He had such a great year, and I know I've talked about this on just about every episode of the podcast that we've done recently, but he had such a great year for the Braves this season, leading the National League in home runs. They brought him in on just a one-year deal as a free agent, and no one really expected that much of him, but it's almost the exact same scenario as Josh Donaldson in 2019. They bring him in on a one-year deal. Everyone expected kind of a down year. They thought he was kind of washed up. He has a fantastic season, and then he's deserving of a big contract after that season. Of course, Josh Donaldson signed a four-year deal with the Minnesota Twins last year, but Marcelo Zuna is still a free agent, and the Braves need to re-sign him, bring him back to Atlanta, keep that big bat in their lineup, especially if the National League ends up having a DH this season. He is extremely valuable to the Braves. That's a pretty good one. I mean... Azuna's impact on the Braves this year was great. You know, obviously Freddie Freeman won the MVP, but Azuna was that type of move where it, it got them, I think, through that second round, getting that, you know, that other bat in the lineup. So pretty, pretty good one to start out. So uh, my first one, I will, uh, I guess I'll pick with my favorite team as well. And it's an obvious one. And it's starting to piss me off the way the negotiations are going. The Yankees need to sign back T.J. LeMayu, who's been their best player and the best hitter in baseball for the last three years. It, it's it's too obvious not to sign him back. I don't know why the Yankees are are hesitating on spending. They're the most valuable franchise in baseball. Uh, it, it makes no sense. If you want to win a World Series, you need a guy like D.J. LeMayu at the top of your lineup. So um, we'll see what happens, but I hope the Yankees re-sign him. Matt, what is your second New Year's resolution? My second one goes out to the Colorado Rockies. I think that they need to go ahead and just go all in on their rebuild. Trade Nolan Arenado, get it done. We've heard the rumors about Arenado getting traded for way too long for it to not happen. I don't know what's going on in Colorado, what's actually happening, but they need to find a way to trade Nolan Arenado and get some kind of return build up for the future because you can't put all your eggs in one basket with Nolan Arenado. He is a fantastic player, a great, great third baseman and a great hitter, but he alone is not going to win you a division title, let alone a World Series. So they need to trade Nolan Arenado, start this rebuild, and try to catch up to the Padres and the Dodgers because both of those teams are light years ahead of them in the National League West, and there's no way that the Rockies are going to compete with the team that they have right now, so they need to just just go ahead, go all in, just admit that you're rebuilding. Get rid of Arenado, get some return, start the rebuild. Pretty good. I would, uh, I could see that. I think um, there's a couple teams that need a third baseman. 
uh, or could upgrade at that position because Nolan Arenado is a top three, maybe I would say the best third baseman in baseball, but he's definitely in the, the top three. My next one is a team in Los Angeles. Uh, it's in Anaheim to be exact. It's not really Los Angeles, but they, they consider themselves the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. Just make the freaking playoffs because you have maybe the greatest baseball player ever. Like, figure it out. Like, get some starting pitching. Like, go in on Trevor Bauer. Uh, I just it, – it amazes me uh, that they can't – they don't realize how great Mike Trout is and try to, like, just go all in on it. So, like, sign freaking Trevor Bauer. Sign George Springer and move him to left field. Like, just figure it out and – Go all in and try to win yourself some games. Like, you were the worst team in your division, and you had the best player in the world. Like, let's – that just doesn't happen. You don't see the Lakers competing for last place in the West because they have LeBron James. No, they're the best team. Granted, in basketball, one player affects it, and they have Anthony Davis. Like, it's just – I don't get it. I don't get how – he can be so good and that team can be so bad. It frustrates me. I just yeah. want to see Mike Trout in a playoff game. Get Mike Trout to the playoffs 2021. Let's do it. Do it. Angels. Get it done. You got another one, Matt? Yeah, I got it. I got a few more. Uh, my, my third new year's resolution. I want the Mets to make some actual moves under Steve Cohen. I mean, he, he bought the team. He is, I, I don't even know what $12 billion is his net worth. Something like that. Maybe even more. I don't know. They are now the richest team in baseball because he's the richest owner in baseball. They have so much money. They can do whatever they want. And yeah, they brought back Marcus Stroman and he's a good pitcher and it's good that they have him back for next season. They signed James McCann. That fills a need at catcher for them. But let's see some real moves, some exciting moves. Let's see them sign Trevor Bauer or George Springer or or even DJ LeMahieu. Let's see them no. make one of those moves. Bring one of those big name free agents into New York City. Or trade for Francisco Lindor and then sign him to a big deal. They just need to do something because as soon as Steve Cohen bought the Mets, we heard that they were going to make all kinds of moves all around MLB, that they were going to make big splashes, sign big-name free agents, give big contracts to players, and all they've done is bring back Stroman and sign McCann. Those are good moves. They're good for the Mets. They fill needs for them, but they're not the exciting moves that we expect under Steve Cohen. So that's what the Mets need to do in 2021, make some big moves under new owner Steve Cohen. Pretty good. Shout out. Um, I don't want the Mets to do well as a Yankees fan, but... And I'm be... sure you don't want them to sign... DJ and you don't want the Mets to be... Yeah, you don't want the I, Mets I mean, to be no, well no. I, I don't want the Mets to be good but either, but that's it, what they need to do. If you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, man. Like, let's let's get real here. Exactly. My sec uh, third New Year's resolution, as I'm trying to count, is uh, it's, it's a good one. It's something I've talked about on this show uh, multiple times. I want USA baseball to go all in on the 2000 on the Olympics this year. Oh yeah. Baseball comes back this year and try to win a gold medal and use it as a way to propel themselves uh, in an American market. Granted similar to the NBA did with the dream team, but the NBA used the dream team to propel themselves in an international market. Whereas I want baseball to resurrect itself in the American market. Granted, I don't think sports are down in terms of numbers, cables down in terms of number like television watchers, but the fact that you could get a, a really good audience watching the Olympics because everyone watches the Olympics 
and you could put your best player and you maybe have the greatest player of all time playing right now as an American, you could build an all-star team. I want USA baseball to go in on all in on the 2021 Olympics. Yeah. And you know, I agree with you there because I love the Olympics. I think that the Olympics are the pinnacle of sport in our world and I love baseball. So I want to see baseball be a big part of the Olympics and I want to see the team USA make it a big part for them. And the, the rules that MLB has regarding participating in the Olympics just don't make any sense. The NBA does a great job. They send their best players to compete for team USA. Meanwhile, MLB, they send a bunch of minor league guys and college players that could be really good one day, but right now they're kind of under the radar. No one really knows who they are unless you really, really follow minor league baseball and college baseball really closely. But it'd be so great to see the the MLB stars like Garrett Cole and Mike Trout and these big name players that are in Major League Baseball that are all-stars, that are MVPs, that are Cy Youngs. It'd be so great to see them on the Olympic stage. MLB needs to figure out a way to get that done. I have one more uh, resolution before we wrap up this segment. All right, perfect. There we go. My fourth New Year's resolution is not for an actual MLB team. This is for the National League or Major League Baseball as a whole. They need to figure out if there's going to be a designated hitter in the 2021 season because at this point at this point we still don't know and it's really affecting teams in the national league that are trying to bring in free agents or make trades like i said the braves i want them to sign marcelo zuna he can play left field but his defense isn't great so it would make a lot more sense if they're able to bring him back as a designated hitter josh bell just got traded to the nationals he can play first base but his defense isn't that great So it would be a lot better for them if they could put him in the lineup as a designated hitter. There are teams that haven't made moves yet because they're waiting to see what this rule is going to be. So we need a decision on the universal DH soon, as soon as possible. Yeah, and at this point, you're kind of just like, after they did it, like, I think both of us have been against it for a while now. But like, at this point, you're like, if you're already going to pull the Band-Aid off, don't put it back on. Like, there's no, there's no point. Um... I think, honestly, reaching a new fan base, it's probably better to lend to offense. Uh, To me, I thought not having a DH lends more to strategy. But just, you know, if you're going to want to be an offensive league, go all in on it and give the universal DH. I I think at this point you kind of just do it to get it to do it. Yeah, you've got to do it. Just, Just go for it. All right, Trey, what is your final New Year's resolution? So this is an interesting one. I want the Major League Baseball offseason, and maybe this is just because this would be easier to track, to be like the NBA offseason where everything's really answered in five days. Like let, if you watch the NBA offseason, like everything was figured – like the only thing that took so long was Giannis figuring out if he was going to sign his extension, and that affects 2021. Like every big move – there weren't a lot of big moves were made in like five days. It, yeah. it granted it it gives basketball a captive audience for their offseason and makes it interesting. Like baseball ended in October and it's January and we don't know where the four best free agents are signing. Like 
Yeah, I go back and me. forth on this one because those those first couple of days of NBA free agency are very exciting when it's just deal after deal after deal and all these people signing big contracts and it's you know shaping up the reshaping the entire league. Those couple of days are exciting, but then you have the whole rest of the off season with no news. What do you do the rest of the off season? So I kind of like that baseball drags it out a little bit because every you know every now and then we'll be like oh there's a there's a big move happening and then a couple weeks later oh there's another big move we'll talk about that now so you have something to talk about something to watch for throughout the entire offseason whereas basketball it's all at the beginning and then nothing for the next couple of months but it's not like big move big move big move it's like big move 3 weeks later big move 3 weeks later big move yeah it's yeah, like that's true i think for an entertainment point of view it's kind of like you can ignore it and so and just wait till you know march and be like oh look what happened yeah whereas in the nba you're talking about it right away yeah i don't know it's it's interesting i don't know why the mlb offseason is the way that it is and if you're baseball that's a league you need to compare to yourself in terms of from an entertainment point of view and 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 way you rank in american sports because the nfl is head and shoulders number one and baseball can't catch it again like baseball al michaels said it perfectly last night he's like you know nfl ratings are number down are, are down but when you go from number one to number one are they really down like yeah so baseball and basketball are in this dynamic where over the last decade really since you know like the 2010s basketball is starting to take over baseball as that second sports league so that's the that's where it needs to compare itself to from an entertainment point of view and i think something the nba has done that baseball doesn't and this can we call our bonus new year's resolution is basketball has been flexible and willing to try stuff whereas baseball is for whatever reason entrenched in in its ideas granted come pandemic they changed a little bit but they kind of were forced to yeah yeah definitely a lot a lot of stuff that mlb needs to look at if it wants to keep its spot keep its ranking in the list of north american pro sports so with that talk about the offseason and the way that it works out, the schedule, the way the moves are made, let's talk about the top offseason acquisitions so far. There have been quite a lot. Most of them are pretty minor and don't make that big of an impact, but there have been a few big moves that have happened this offseason, and we will get to those. I think that we will both have those at the top of our list. I put together a list. I have five moves that I've listed I think I ranked them the way that I really want them. I don't know. It's kind of tough. But first of all, honorable mention goes out to the Royals for signing Mike Miner, Michael A. Taylor, and Carlos Santana. I think they are going to try to reload and be a little bit of a better team next year, try to get back to competing like they were in the mid-2010s. I think they're going to try to get back next year. They made it three pretty good moves this offseason so far that was my number five the Royals restocking because they still have a really good young core and some pieces that have shown a lot of promise obviously they have Salvador Perez who might be one of the most underrated players in baseball doesn't get mentioned in the best catcher discussion and if you really look at it he probably deserves to be so that was my number five the Royals retooling and kind of 
I think setting themselves up with those kind of moves, like a, a Michael A. Taylor or Carlos Santana, where if it doesn't work in a couple months, they have a couple good pieces where they can and, – and with good contracts where they can trade to contending teams that need, you know, utility help or an extra bat here and there. Yeah, I had to keep them in my list somewhere, but I couldn't get them in my top five, so they're honorable mention for me. My number five, again, I got to go with my favorite team, Brave signing Charlie Morton. He's a little old, but he's still a great pitcher and a great postseason pitcher. His record in winner-take-all games in the postseason is just phenomenal, so a great asset for the Braves to have as they try to make another run at the World Series next season. And I don't know why the Rays gave him up, but I'm really glad that the Braves were able to sign him. I have that one ranked, but a little higher because I called it. But I'll, I will. Uh, I had that ranked to number three uh, because I thought uh, the Braves' weakness is starting pitching, and Charlie Morton can definitely helps with that. And the fact that I called this when he got cut, saying Atlanta is the is the spot to go. Like I think that was the most obvious one to make. So I had that at number three. My number four was a move I think the the Nationals had to make, and that was trade for Josh Bell. They needed offense desperately with Juan Soto, uh, and so give me give me uh, Josh Bell, who is a really good first baseman, especially as a hitter, and maybe could be the team's DH if the universal DH goes through um, getting traded for uh, you know honestly not that much, all things considered. Yeah, that Josh Bell move is really good for the Nationals, and I have that one a little bit higher up on my list. I'll get to it in a few minutes. My number four is the White Sox trading for Lance Lynn. The Rangers traded him to the White Sox this offseason. You know, I, I said it before last season that the White Sox were going to compete. They were going to win the AL Central. They ended up making it to the postseason. They had a very good year, and they have a very good team. Lots of pieces there, young pieces on their team, able to compete in the years to come. And adding Lance Lynn to the rotation is just a huge boost for them. He's a very solid pitcher. He's not the kind of guy that's going to go out and win Cy Young awards and be the best pitcher in the league, but he's very solid, and he has veteran experience. I think he's going to be a great asset for the White Sox next season and going forward. So that's my number four move that's happened this offseason. So I'm going to give my honorable mention, because I already mentioned my number three was uh, Charlie Morton. It was... The Dodgers boosting their bullpen with Tommy Cahill and Garrett Clevenger. So I think, obviously, being a Yankees fan, Cahill was that middle innings guy. They really used him in a multitude of ways. He was very flexible, and I think that adds a lot of versatility to the Dodgers bullpen. And then, you know, Clevenger, Garrett Clevenger, uh, getting him. So the, obviously the weakness on the Los Angeles Dodgers was probably their bullpen because their lineup is – ironclad they have a great starting rotation and so the rich get richer and the big thing about Cahill is they take something away from the Yankees who is one of their biggest competitors in terms of the top end teams yeah that that is a good move for the Dodgers that's one that I actually overlooked but like you said very good move for them those are one of those moves that goes underrated but like you realize come middle like July and you're watching a Dodgers game, maybe like Sunday Night Baseball, and it's, you know, Tommy Cahill's out there, and they're you're like, oh, Tommy Cahill's pitching for the Dodgers. That's pretty good for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, good move for Tommy them. Cahill. Didn't allow a run last year. He had a uh, a zero ERA. Just wow. to point that out. I, I'm well. That's what it says on uh, MLB.com. 
if they're using last season stat. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty so. impressive. All right, my number three move so far, the Mets signed James McCann to be their catcher. It, it fills a need for the Mets, and James McCann is a solid catcher. He was with the White Sox last year. He's had a couple of good years. Uh, in 2020, he had a 289 batting average, 360 on base percentage, and a 536 slugging percentage, seven home runs, 15 RBIs. Of course, that was that shortened 2020 season, so the stats are a little off. But still a very good season by James McCann. The Mets needed a catcher. It is a very good move, but everyone expected the Mets to get JT Realmuto and they had to settle for James McCann. It would have been a lot better, like this move will be higher on the list if they had signed JT Realmuto, but they didn't. They get James McCann, who's not bad, but it is kind of their backup for Realmuto, but still a very good move by the Mets. Still fills a need for them at the catcher position. It's my number three move of the offseason so far. My number two was uh, obviously the White Sox getting Lance Lynn. I think they needed starting pitching. And it was just as a, another arm to kind of add some flexibility. And now to pair with Chialito, Keiko, and Lynn gives you three solid starters at the front end of that rotation. That's going to help them out. Obviously, it seems it kind of puts in perspective where the White Sox feel they're at. They're, they're leaning towards maybe going after it. Obviously, uh, the Cleveland baseball team, which I think we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast, uh, is probably going on a downturn with the uh, rumors surrounding Francisco Lindor. And so uh, obviously a really good shot for the White Sox to win their division this year. So getting Lance Lynn was huge. All right, my number two move so far this offseason. But first, one thing I want to say about the Lance Lynn move to the White Sox, the Rangers actually got really good return in Dane Dunning, who was a, a up-and-coming pitcher for the White Sox. And so the Rangers get him in that move. And they've actually been making a lot of moves this offseason. They signed a Japanese pitcher, Kohei Arihara. He's supposed to be very good. They got Nate Lau in a trade from the Rays. They signed a deal with David Dahl. So the Rangers have actually made a lot of moves this offseason. And I think Dane Dunning is very good return for them in the Lance Lynn trade. So look for the Rangers to be a little more competitive this season. Now my number two move this offseason the Nationals trade for Josh Bell. The Pirates give up the all-star first baseman. Like I said a few minutes ago, this would be a really great deal for the Nationals if the National League has a designated hitter next year because Josh Bell has a fantastic offensive bat, but his defense is not the best. However, if they have to put him at first base, they can. He can play first base. He can play it good enough, but it would just be really, really good for them if they were able to move him to the DH position in that lineup but regardless it's a very good move for the nationals josh bell is a great player and they had to give up just a couple of prospects that no one really knew who they were so great job by the nationals in that deal yeah i i mentioned it a little bit earlier i i thought the, it was a solid move to make for the nationals all right trey our number one deals of the offseason so far i feel like we're gonna have the same one what do you got it's the padres uh Making, you know, getting two great starting pitchers in Blake Snell, who's a Cy Young winner, and you Darvish. I mean, wow. It, that that was something, you know, uh, the Blake Snell trade came out of nowhere. Obviously, this is something you expect from the Rays to retool. And, you know, the Padres still had a really good farm system. And so after even the moves they made, including the Clevenger trade, and so they made these two moves to – to really boast their lineup. And I mean, I get it. Like you look across and one of the greatest lineups ever assembled is in your division with the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
And so you need starting pitching to get you through. And so it's, it's crazy to think you add you Darvish and Blake Snell, two Cy Young contenders, and you're still not the best team in your division. I think, I think you can argue the best two teams in the National League now reside in the NL West. But, wow, what, what a move by the Padres to go really just, you know, say, you know what, this is, it's time to make this move going all in. Yeah, that, I mean, the, so I have that as my number one move also, but I've got it as the Padres adding Snell, Darvish, and signing Hassan Kim from Korea. Three great moves. And I remember waking up on the day that this happened last week and checking my phone and seeing the alert from Jeff Passan and MLB and all the, all the sports accounts on Twitter that the Padres had traded for Blake Snell. And I was like, whoa, that's a big move. Like I knew the Rays were thinking about trading him. I didn't know it was really going to happen. And I didn't think the Padres would be the ones to get him. And then later in the day, reports that the Padres are very close to acquiring Yu Darvish. And then reports that the Padres were signing Hassan Kim. Like, Three big moves in the same day, and that really bolsters the Padres' rotation, their offense. I mean, like you said, they got Snell, who's a Cy Young winner, Darvish, who finished second in the Cy Young this year. Look at the rest of their rotation, the guys they already have. Mike Clevenger, who is having Tommy John surgery, so he won't be there for most of this year, maybe not all of this year, but when he comes back in 2022. And then you got other guys like Mackenzie Gore, who's the number three prospect in baseball. He could make his debut this season. I mean, the, the rotation for the Padres is looking really, really good right now. And you still have guys like Denelson Lamette or, uh, you know, Paddock there who has been pretty good for the Padres. Like, so many guys in their rotation that they're going to have to, you know, find a way to fit them all in. Some of them who are really good pitchers might not even make their rotation because they just have such a great list of pitchers on that team right now. And then Hassan Kim, I don't know that much about him, but I knew I do know that he was putting up great numbers in Korea last year, and he's going to be a big boost to the Padres' offense that already includes Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer and Fernando Tatis Jr. So you throw in Hassan Kim. The pa- I, you know, in my opinion, the Padres are the team to beat in the NL West next year. I think they might overtake the Dodgers. Ooh, no, I can't. I can't say it yet. The first hot take of 2021. There it it's is. Come, that's that's hot as as it can get. I'll say they're the second best team in the National League. I'll say they passed the Braves, as uh, but I I can't I can't say pass the Dodgers because it's the they they've been so consistently good and it's you got to beat the man to be the man kind of feel to it and I mean what like if you just do look at potential starting lineups are you taking the Dodgers are you taking the Padres I mean I guess I would still take the Dodgers but I don't know you gotta wait the Dodgers have two of the top five players in baseball on their team yeah maybe maybe more than that like you want to throw Corey Seager in you could argue top 20 and then they have Walker Bueller. I don't, it's going to be a very, very good division race to watch next year between the Padres and the Dodgers. I feel bad for the other teams. I feel bad for the Rockies. <laughs> the, That's exactly why I said the Rockies need to get that rebuild underway. The Giants and the the Diamondbacks. Like, whoo, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch, but those three teams are on the outside looking in. Definitely, I I, uh, I agree to that. That was that was incredible. But uh, Matt, we had some big news. You know, um, obviously, 
Uh, we record this on Monday, and for some reason, uh, the NFL decided to make fun of Sunday Night Football for the last week by putting the my Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington football team on Sunday night when tanking occurred live on air. But I only mention that because the Cleveland Indians, I think they're going to still call themselves the Cleveland Indians until they change their name, have announced they're, they're starting the process of changing their name. That's why I meant, I said Cleveland baseball team earlier on. Um, something that probably was expected, I guess, maybe a little shocking. It came out when it did. But uh, any – any overall thoughts about uh, Cleveland changing their baseball team name? I think it was expected that it was going to happen eventually. Um, I don't really feel like I can speak on the issue because me personally, I didn't have a problem with the name Indians. If you look at you know, the, the team that's formerly known as the Washington Redskins, I can see how Redskins is offensive. Indians, to me, it was... I don't know. I, I didn't have a big problem with it, but I know a lot of people did. And that's why I say I don't feel like I can speak on the issue because I'm not the person that they're offending. And so I think it was expected. It was going to happen eventually. And so they just decided to go ahead and do it. And now we'll wait and see what name they choose to replace it. I know that there are rumors going around. There are a lot of names that have been floated around. And I, you know, I think that here's an issue that I have with both the Washington football team and now the Cleveland baseball team. They had to know this was going to happen. How do they not have a backup plan? How are you not already ready to just change your name, have a new team name and get ready to go? Like the the Washington football team knew this was going to happen for a long time. The Cleveland baseball team, they had to know this was coming. They should have a backup name ready to go. It shouldn't take more than a year. Do you know the ownership of the Washington football team? Well, yes, that's a good point. All right, I right. just wanted to say that. Uh, I don't know if it, it's definitely not as bad as, uh, you know, ownership in Cleveland, but I think it's such a hard process just to be like, you know what, we should have this name as a background because it, it's a difficult process. You're rebranding your team, basically. And so uh, I, I would disagree with the, the backup play and seeing it coming. I think it, it's something where – the process slowly began for the Indians. Obviously, they got rid of the Chief Wahoo, and they really just wore, you know, the C on their head and and it's saying Indians and and stuff like that. I think, like, people complaining about this, I think, is dumb. It's a team name. Like, I get the ties to it, but I think, like, for me, if the Eagles changed their name to whatever, I'd still be an Eagles fan. Or Stevie, whatever the team name fan. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, like, it's to me that's a little dumb to complain about. I think, like, you get it. I I think it wasn't a bad team name. It's like Chiefs, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I don't think that's a bad team. Like, uh, uh and I wouldn't know what it felt like, um, because of my non-Native American. Like, I'm not Native American, so I don't know what that's like. Um, granted, I think Redskin was actually bad compared to these those two team names, but it's going to be fun to see. Um, obviously, they're not going to pick like a minor league team name. Like that would been funny. Like oddly enough, you know the Lynchburg uh, Lynchburg Hillcats are an affiliate of the Cleveland Indians, so I don't think they're going to go with Hillcats. Uh, but uh, what uh, if you could pick a team name? What would it be? 
Spiders is the one that I've seen floated around the most, and I actually like that. With the color, uh, similar colors. Yeah. Seen the original spiders. Yeah, yeah, I'm and going, I think that would work out. I'm going with the the LeBron James because he owns Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron James. Uh, no, uh, don't pick. Uh, you know, I think they should keep up with the theme of a, another team in Cleveland. Uh, they should go with the since they can't be the Reds, they'll be the Blues. At, or it can't be well at St. Louis Blues. Uh, they should just pick a color because you got the Browns, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers should change their name to another color, and then you got like it's you call it the Color City. How about that bold strategy? About, I'm changing Cleveland as a whole. What about the Cleveland Rocks? Because you know Cleveland's the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't know if you could call it the Rocks. You could call know. it like I don't know something musical like. I mean, it's funny how the Utah Jazz got their name, but that's because they originated from New Orleans. But, like, the Rollers. How about the Cleveland Burning Rivers? Did you just search uh, Cleveland names? <laughs> I did, but also the, the Burning Rivers. The Cuyahoga River caught on fire in 1969. That's how polluted the city is, that their river can catch on fire. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see uh, what they do. I think... Uh, Expect something out of left field, for example, you know, when Richmond was getting a team name, uh, I did not expect Flying Squirrels to be the choice. So, I came up with a list one time of uh, a bunch of good team names for a baseball team in Richmond. I, I don't know where it is. I'll have to find it, but there were some pretty good ones. I did a lot of research on the history of the city and all kinds of stuff and came up with some good names. You know, like Colonials or, or something like that. Yeah. Talk about it next week's episode. Uh, one more big news item to hit before we wrap up today's episode becky hammond a coach for the san antonio spurs in the nba made history last week when she was the acting head coach for the spurs after greg popovich was ejected she made history by being the first woman to serve as a head coach in an nba game well there's some history in major league baseball as the red sox are hiring bianca smith to be a minor league coach according to the boston globe she will be the first black woman to ever coach baseball at the professional level. So Major League Baseball making some history with the Red Sox hiring Bianca Smith as a minor league coach. That's pretty impressive. Happy uh, for her and, and, and good to see it. Obviously, the first bench coach uh, went to the Giants last season, so that was great to see. Um, yeah, and Becky Hammond's a really good basketball coach. Granted, she's been mentored by, you know, maybe the greatest coach in NBA history, one of them, Greg Popovich. So. This is really cool to see. I, I feel that we should just hire the best person for the job, male or female. So it's really cool to see these females get this opportunity. And, and Yeah, and there are a couple of other women coaches around Major League Baseball. As you said, Alyssa Nacken, the coach for the San Francisco Giants. I think the Yankees have a woman coach in their organization. Uh, yeah, Rachel Balkovec is the... Uh, she was the first full-time female hitting coach hired by an MLB team when the Yankees hired her. So a couple of women coaches around Major League Baseball and now the first black female coach in Major League Baseball. She will be a minor league coach for the Boston Red Sox, Bianca Smith, getting hired by the Red Sox last week. That's all we've got on today's episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Trey, it felt good to get back at it. Happy New Year again, and we will do it again next week. Hopefully we'll have some more news to talk about. Yeah, 
you know, way baseball goes, probably not. So we'll have to make something up. But uh, if anyone wants us to talk about something baseball related, tweet us at Matkins21 or at Trey Lyle on Twitter or at Foul Ball Area as well. We'd love to hear from you. Make, make sure you rate and review our podcast on all social media, on all feeds where you get it. Subscribe. I uh, would love to hear feedback from you because we know we need it. And so, uh, Matt, uh, good to see your face again. You know, we're doing these over Zoom again as uh, I live in Lynchburg. It's nice. Uh, as you when... abandoned me again. Yeah, well, uh, I don't have a job. I didn't get a job in Richmond, so oh well. I mean, first you move to Kansas, and then you come back to Richmond, tease me for a little bit, and then you leave and head to Lynchburg. Well, I live two hours away. So I did pass your apartment the other day. Um, granted, it was really early in the morning, so I, uh, I didn't want to stop by because I figured you'd be asleep. Well, so, I appreciate that. I got you, man. You might have not even been there anyway. So, uh, But, Matt, I hope you have a good week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. For Matt Atkins. I'm Trey Lyle. Thank you so much for listening to the Foul Ball Area. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.